Hello, hello, everyone. I'm here with self-titled Johnny the Farmer, or also known on his Zoom name as Johnny Paradise. Johnny, how are you doing today? I'm swell. How's it growing? How's it growing? It's growing good. I mean, that's not true. My my garden is like very struggling right now because um, it got burned this summer. Everything is burned to a crisp. So I wish oh it was gosh. growing better than it was. <laughs> what part of the country is that? I'm in Arizona, so it is hot and sunny and like my poor tomatoes, they were doing so good. And I had like 10 tomatoes that were just like almost ready for picking, but like not quite. And then we hit a heat wave and then they all burned to a crisp. And I was so sad because I don't get these beautiful tomatoes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) I heard you guys just finally had a monsoon and uh, people are real happy about finally it's been a long time coming hasn't it yes i've been hearing that people are calling it the non-soon the non-soon it's not that great huh the non-soon season so tell us a little bit about you and your gardening and all that good stuff well um yeah so for a long time i was doing software and i kind of started getting a little burnt out on that wanted to do something that was more aligned with my values or something i could feel uh that was really purposeful and had a lot of meaning at the end of the day and so you know i got into the idea you know that healthcare is so important and so i went and i was studying for to get my emt certification that's a great place to start because you can help out the paramedics and get on your way to really helping people in need when they need it. And, you know, gosh, not too, not too far into that. I saw, you know, a lot of the, you know, the bureaucracy of the system and, Mm. you know, one thing a lot of that they do a lot is they are really, um, uh, you know, it's people who are, you know, have these health conditions and it's just too late to help them. And, Mm. you know, realize that, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So, you know, to really help people before they get to this point of having, you know, heart disease is at epidemic levels in our country right now. And to help people before it gets that far is something that's, uh, you know, that's how we can really make more impact. So coming around to the idea that, you know, safe food, organic food, um, Mm. this is how I got there. And, you know, just doing it a little bit, but really getting to see it all come together in a, in a, a couple of different farms and seeing how beautiful it can be. Not just yeah. that, you know, this really provides everything we need to be maximally alive and, and healthy, but that it's a beautiful way of life too. And mm. as a Christian, you know, I think, you know, this is what God intended, you know, uh, the first page of the Bible, it says, God put man in the garden to mm-hmm. tend and keep it. And I think that divine design, I think that, you know, it's the hubris of man to think that we can create something better. When we look at what heaven will be like, you know, there's going to be a river again and trees will be for the healing of the nation. So, you know, we're going to be back in the garden and, and yeah, so to be good shepherds now and to sow the seed and, you know, we can, we can restore creation, you know, we can feed the 5,000, we can uh, be part of that healing, that the ministry that the Lord was a part of. And, you know, a lot of Christians might give me pushback on that and say, well, you know, it's just what you really got to focus on is salvation spread in the word. And I agree, that's primary. But, yeah. you know, the Lord was also about the healing. And it also says, mm. by his stripes, we are healed. Yeah. So the Lord really cares about our health. Mm. You know, 
you think about him yeah. in the temple, he put the cords together and he drove out the merchants. Right. And it said, he said, zeal for my father's house consumed me. And we are at that temple, you know, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and mm -hmm. he cares about our health and yeah, he wants to bring us to, uh, you know, all we can be. So, yeah. I love it. We, we have, we're going to be besties after this Johnny, because I am like <laughs> chomping at the bit here. Like, yes, like in my mind, because like you say, like getting into healthcare and I hear, hear it put this way a lot of it's not healthcare, it's sick care because like our quote unquote healthcare system, it's not helping people get healthy. It's helping the sick. And it's not, again, what you said, it's not about prevent prevention right now. It's about, you know, kind of coping with um, the treatment. And so um, there's, there's a book somewhere back here on the bookshelf and it's what the body knows about God. And you hit the nail on the head when it's like, I feel like Christianity has a tendency to dismiss the physical things when really we ignore the fact that God gave us the physical as like, as a home for, for the Holy spirit and like, for the ability for us to live out our lives in this home. And so um, I feel like that disconnection happens a lot. And that's fascinating to hear, you know, kind of your journey and figuring that out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm reminded of uh, James, James chapter three says, uh, you know, it's talking about faith and works. And it says, you know, if a family is hungry and cold and they come to your door and they're, you know, asking for help and you just tell them, you know, God bless you, go on your way, you know, what, what good is that? So to yeah. provide for the needs of the physical, you know, that's, that's important and yeah. that's encouraged. And we see, you know, the Lord fed 5,000 and he, uh, he talked about when you throw banquets yeah. and we look at like the prodigal son, we see that, you know, heaven, you know, redemption, this restoration, the metaphor for that is a wedding feast. So, right. you know, to come together and to share in that. And that's a beautiful thing to be a part of. And yeah, like from the beginning, yeah. it's uh, tend the garden and keep it. We can make the yeah. whole world beautiful again. It's uh, such a, it's, it's life affirming. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and I've been, the... oh, keep, keep going. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I've been noodling on that lately of like taking care of the, um, like God taking care of the real like physical needs. Cause if you look at Jesus and his ministry and what he did and like the big miracles that he did, it took care of everything in a really physical way of, you know, feeding the 5,000 and healing the blind and, you know, um, you know, curing disease and everything that goes along with it. Those are all in really physical ways that God was able to, um, you know, minister to people. And then going back to like the garden, funny that you said that, cause I had this like aha moment recently. Um, and I've been like, just kind of chewing on it. I'm not like, I have, this is the first time I'm ever discussing it kind of publicly, but it was that idea of, um, God created Eden and Eden is, you know, that was his creation and that is what he saw as perfect and so you know when we think about kind of end times and you know the new world and all of that I think it's going to be a lot like Eden because that was God's original design and then everything's going to be made perfect when Jesus comes again so that's kind of my thought and you hit the nail right on the head when you said that 
Yeah, you know, and uh, I think, you know, maybe like the turning point of history, you know, the cross and, and before that in the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, the Lord's there in that very special time. And yeah, again, they're in the garden, um, kind of working through, you know, the process of, uh, you know, the redemption of everyone, you know, and then you go to that Sunday morning coming up, you know, Resurrection Sunday, Mary finds the Lord in the garden. Yeah. And she doesn't recognize him. And this is a good friend of the Lord. She says, I'm supposing to him, him to be the gardener. Right. She says, have you seen my Lord? And so I think about this and uh, I imagine maybe the Lord's got his back to her. Maybe he's got his arms up and the, that same resurrection power that was in him is kind of flowing to the garden. Mm. And Mary had maybe had never seen a garden so beautiful. Mm, and she yeah. sees the Lord and she says, supposing him to be the gardener, have you seen my Lord? So yeah. I think uh, this is just another uh, encouragement to us that we should uh, be mistaken for the gardener at times. Mm. And, uh, you know, this is a beautiful way yeah. to. Uh, and in your case, of- you actually are, are the gardener. <laughs> you are the farmer. Yeah. You know, and it's. um and not, not just for like healthy food, but, you know, it takes all the boxes for what a great lifestyle, you know, a little exercise yeah. and fresh air, some sunshine, <laughs> um, yeah. a, a lifestyle so that we can be maximally alive and healthy and strong. Yeah. And it is, it's all with this delicious, nutritious beauty, you know, getting to yeah. be around the, our favorite plants and animals and mm-hmm. seeing the butterflies and the hummingbirds come around, yeah. you know, what a, what a beautiful, uh, the manifold wisdom of the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. to, uh, I, I often think about the cycles of, you know, like composting, we take our bananas and we feed them to the chickens and we take our chicken manure and we feed it back to the banana tree. Mm-hmm. It's like, what an incredible cycle, what an incredible yeah. symbiosis between the plants and animals that, you know, well, we've actually lost these days with conventional agriculture, with the chemical yeah. agriculture, you know, instead of using that manure, they're using, uh, you know, petroleum chemicals and right. it's wild. We're really seeing the health deficits that come from that. Yeah. But you get back to like the, the manifold wisdom of God to create things in this perfect uh, symbiosis, you know, also the breath, you know, the photosynthesis, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, the plant is taking in carbon dioxide and yeah. it's exhaling oxygen and right. we're doing the exact inverse of that. Yeah. Inhaling oxygen and exhaling carbon dioxide. And these are both, these processes are so critical for the plants and the animals to, to, to live. And somehow it all works, even yeah. though it's like, it's like That's backwards crazy. in a way. It is. To the other, right? so, yeah. And I was, okay. I was actually thinking the other day, cause I'm, I'm sprouting my stuff right now for the next season. And, um, I was thinking the other day, it was just like such a nerdy moment of me where I'm like, yes, I've always known this, but like the impact of what it was really hit me in the moment. And I was like, God is so cool because he made all of these things to regenerate. Like you have like right now, um, my butternut squash um, seedlings are just like thriving. They're on cloud nine. They're happy. And I was like, how cool is it that like, I have these one plant and it's going to produce, I mean, hopefully it'll produce like four or five, 
you know, butternut squashes over the season, but then I cut it open and I have a plethora of seeds that I just get to go and reuse for the next season. And like, I think that we ignore that a lot of the time that I'm like, God created this. And like what you were saying with the, with the compost feeding the chickens and then the chickens, you know, feeding the banana trees. And it's just like this perfect cycle. I think there's a lot of just awe that happens when we look at God's creation and even with chickens too, chickens, and then they create eggs and then you can cook the eggs. Or if you let the chickens grow, they'll grow up to be more chickens. And then those chickens will lay eggs. And it's just like this really beautiful cycle that God has already put in place for renewal and like just constantly constant recycling, which is really beautiful to see. Absolutely. It's incredible. I, uh, I love it. Butternut squash. Wow. I love yeah. some good butternut squash soup. It's yes. like a nice warm hug. It's yes. reminds me of like a good curry. It's amazing. Oh yeah. I make a really good, I do butternut squash, sweet potato. Um, is it pumpkin? No butternut squash, sweet potato. Um, and I make like a coconut curry base and I just make it this like really thick soup and it's so good my absolute favorite thing to do so i mean hopefully fingers crossed but my little tomato plants i'm so heartbroken i think they're not dead yet but they my my latest crop suffered (laughs) they've got hope you know what i might do is uh cut them back and yeah maybe i don't know if you could create some shade but um to help you know ensure they stay hydrated enough i'm sure you have some mulch but yeah maybe the more mulch the better and You know, a lot of trees, when you plant them, you want to plant them like a little higher than the soil so they don't get suffocated mm. by, uh, you know, their, their, their stems actually need to breathe. Uh, yeah. But tomatoes aren't like that. You can actually no. uh, take the leaves off and plant them super deep. Yeah. So this could be uh, something that, you know, there's plenty of time left in the season there. So yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So let's <laughs> get back to what we came here to do because I could nerd out all day about, um, about plants and my like little, you know, urban backyard situation I have going on. Um, but what really, what is it that you do kind of on a day-to-day basis and like, how does your faith inform that? That's great. So I help out with garden design and installs, and then I help out with, uh, kind of some activism online, helping spread the word. So, yeah, I think my faith uh, informs that by, uh, yeah, the importance of like waiting on the Lord for that next step can be so crucial. You know, we were talking about the Garden of Gethsemane, you know, he invited uh, the inner circle, Peter, James and John to wait with them. And I think this is such a special invitation that is extended to us, you know, throughout the scriptures, you know, it says, uh, be still and know that I am God. And it says, you know, those who wait on the Lord will rise up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So there's a, a lot of places, again, in the, in the prophets, it says that, you know, in quietness and rest was your salvation, but you would have none of, a, none of it. Instead, you, you sped off on horses. And this is such a great metaphor for how the flesh in us, you know, just wants to go and do what seems right to us. Mm-hmm. And when the disciples, those, those, uh, that inner circle is waiting with the Lord, you know, they, 
they can't do it. Uh, they keep falling asleep. And the Lord keeps waking them up and saying, hey, can't you just wait with me for one hour? And, you know, so they, <laughs> they were walking with the Lord for three years. And this was like the best of the best. And yeah. they were falling asleep. So that's an encouragement to us that, you know, the Lord is patient and that, mm-hmm. you know, this doesn't come easy for, for anyone. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I see the fruit of, yeah, finding that time to, to wait on them. You know, the disciples asked the Lord, uh, how do we pray? And he says, when you pray, go in your inner closet and shut mm-hmm. the door and your father who sees you in secret will reward you. And what's interesting about that to me is it's such a quid pro quo there. It's like, if you do this, your father will reward you. And, you know, there's uh, not a lot of times in scripture you see something so clearly outlined like that. Right. But yeah, and then it's really been dawning on me, you know, we all just uh, kind of make our mistakes. And to me, I, I really think that the root of that is that, yeah, we're not finding that time to abide in the Lord and really to, you know, when he went into the wilderness to pray after he was baptized, he was out there for 40 days fasting. And, you know, the, uh, the adversary came to him and was tempting him. And he says, you know, I know you're hungry why don't you turn that stone into a loaf of bread? And the Lord says, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word from the mouth of God. And this implies that just eating that bread in that moment would have distracted him from hearing what the father had for him. And, you know, that's such an innocuous thing, right? To have some bread when you're hungry. Yeah. But this kind of you know, emphasizes this fact of uh, finding this time to really hear from Father and to really kind of surrender. You know, Paul says that the flesh and the spirit are at odds with one another. So we have to be wary not to, uh, yeah, just to want to go our own way and, and to really, you know, hear Father and hear that way. You know, there's a path lined out for us. You know, Jesus warns us that narrow is the path that leads to life, but broad is the way that leads to destruction. So, amen, Lord, help us find that time. Yeah. Um, I like to remember that on a Thursday because uh, the Garden of Gethsemane, that was on a Thursday night. Mm. And so, you know, the Lord's asking those disciples, you know, wait with me and pray for me for one hour. So, uh, Lord, help us uh, remember to do that. And yeah, maybe especially on a Thursday to, yeah. to find that time and to uh, to be blessed in that way. I think that that is a lot of uh, where we can find a lot of blessing there. And yeah, you know, the Lord can just work on us and show us things. You know, yeah. we all there's gosh, Paul said that he finds this principle at play that uh, whatever he does, the enemies there to tempt him. So, you know, it's uh walking after the Lord, it might be, you know, the hardest thing in the world. He says, deny yourself mm-hmm. and pick up your cross and follow me. So there's <laughs> to continually deny ourselves. That's, that's a superhuman effort. And we need yeah. to be doing that by the spirit. We can't do that yeah. in our own flesh. Right. And we live in an age of distraction where there's just all of this nonsense of the materialism and temptations to take us away from, you know, really, you know, hearing what father has for us. So to find that time, um, and to really listen, you know, Lord, Lord help us, uh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So I find it helpful to really imagine the Lord doing it. Um, and just try to be a witness, just try Mm -hmm. to see the Lord doing it in my shoes 
You know, it says that he was tempted just like us in all ways, but he was perfect. He did not sin. Mm -hmm. So we can imagine him in every temptation that we face and we can imagine how he would handle it. And to me, that's the secret sauce of the faith is that we're going to find whatever we're missing, whether it's courage or self-control or the, or the empathy, the love, the forgiveness, the grace, the patience, if we keep our eyes fixed on the Lord, you know, we're going to be transformed into his likeness. Yeah. You know, it's, it's said that, you know, whoever your five best friends are, that's pretty much who you are, you know, yeah. is Jesus yeah. like in our top one five? of your best friends. Yeah. I hope he's number one, right? Lord help yeah. us. So yeah. Johnny farmer slash preacher, because that was amazing. I, I absolutely agree with all of that. And I think too, like God there's so many parallels in scripture of the harvest and God using nature. And I mean, most people were, you know, um, I was going to say agrarian. That's the word I was looking for. Um, you know, they were working the fields that was really kind of commonplace. And so I feel like, you know, now with being able to run down to my grocery store and get the food that is there, we've kind of lost touch with, with that, um, kind of parallel, but with you, you're doing this every day, day in and day out. And I can see that like God really meets you and like reinforces the messages that he is telling in scripture in what you do every day. Yeah. It's a great opportunity in the garden to, to reconnect for sure. Yeah. With the natural world, I think, yeah. Yeah, so many of the parables, right? They're based yeah. on these natural things of, uh, you know, the parable of the sower or yeah. the parable of the the Deed. wheat and the tares yeah. and mm-hmm. the good it. shepherd and leaving the, the finding the the lost sheep. Yeah, and you know we were talking about the seed earlier with the butternut squash. I love that, you know, because that shows the abundance, the blessing of God, yeah. right? Thirty-four, yeah. sixty-four, a hundredfold. Yeah. Oh, and I've never thought you just added a whole other layer to that, like light bulb moment i had oh that's so true oh, that's awesome. so true oh my gosh that's so cool i'm gonna have uh i'm gonna be journaling after this johnny we're i'm just gonna be like knee deep in it now one that's question awesome. i do have and i want to know if it's true for you um because a lot of what you see in scripture is when jesus meets with the women and God meets with women in scripture, usually they're being met in kind of like what they do in everyday lot, their everyday life, right? Like Mary and Martha, they're in their home cooking and cleaning and all of that good stuff. And then Jesus comes into their home. Uh, you know, the woman at the well, Jesus is at the well and meeting the woman in her everyday life. Whereas, and this is kind of generally on a trend, but with the men, God always cause, calls them to go out and retreat to meet with God. Do you find that to be true with your spiritual life and your spiritual practice? Whereas like, you're not necessarily meeting God in the garden, your garden, but you, you know, you want to go out and retreat with God to have that time with him. Wow. That's an interesting question. Um, yeah. You know, I, I've had my season where I was traveling a lot and mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting to think, you know, I would, uh, remember how, you know, a lot of, uh, the Lord's people would, would travel a lot. It it talks about, you know, being, uh, being a sojourner and blessing the sojourner and talks about, you think about Abraham, you know, they were, uh, 
they were living in tents, right? So they were mm -hmm. going around with their animals and yeah, it was, uh, there's something special about, um, about that road. I think, you know, it, life is full of, um, these kind of contrasts, right? Like, uh, trade-offs where, you know, uh, going off in, on an adventure like that, you know, it, it's so cool in so many ways, but then to stay home with a family, uh, you know, that's just as beautiful in other ways. Oh yeah. So to have, uh, have that dichotomy is interesting and seeing that interplay. I do, I do often try to make part of my routine is to take a walk in the evening, you know, um, in, in the Genesis, in Adam, uh, in Eden, uh, it says that Adam walked with God in the cool yeah. of the day. Yeah. And to go and catch a sunset and just to have that time to wind down before it gets dark and to be outside in that, I do find that that's a, a good time to, uh, yeah, reconnect and, uh, yeah, consider the things of the Lord and, and try to tune into that. And yeah, the, just finding that quietness. Yeah, I, I really do find that and going on a walk in that way. I was something about um, having a dog growing up that really made me appreciate, you know, how much I like to go for a walk. You, <laughs> you could go for, go for a walk with your dog and get back inside. And then, uh, you know, 10 minutes later, your dog's looking at you like, why are we going, why are we still outside walking? What are we doing here? And yeah, uh, yeah so I have uh, grown to appreciate that. And yeah, but I also, yeah, just finding that, time in the closet as well I think mm. that that is mm -hmm. a place where you know there's something special about really tuning in um you know for me my mind wanders and I think that that's kind of the that's kind of the whole point of you know mindful meditation and is that to kind of get control of our mind and yeah you know to take every thought captive to the Lord and to keep coming back to uh you know what his will is for us and to keep listening to that rather than you know, whatever seems right to us. Um, I find it helpful in the, in that prayer closet to kind of be, you know, prostrate, you know, it says that the Lord mm -hmm. kind of fell to his knees and he was praying and you see this kind of throughout scriptures that this posture of humility helps me kind of uh, come back to, you know, I've read somewhere, I, how does the quote go? It says that the, the posture of the body, it's like the, it's like a posture of the soul. Mm -hmm. So to kind of be uh, prostrate in that, in that place, kind of like, uh, kind of like child's pose for yoga. Yeah. I, you know, I like that as far as uh, really just bringing me back to, to what I'm doing, because mm -hmm. man, if you try, or I, you know, maybe I have ADD more than most, <laughs> but for me, if I try to focus on something and uh, you know, it, it's easy for the mind to wander at times, especially yeah. if it can be, you know, as, as abstract as uh, prayer or waiting on the Lord can, can seem sometimes. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it's funny that you say that, and I'm going to do something that I like was not planning on doing. I'm going to move my camera and show you because what I'm working on fits perfectly into this conversation. So forgive my office for those who are watching this live, but uh, I am cleaning out that closet right now to become my prayer closet. Like as we speak, I started this yesterday. Um, but yeah, I'm Amazing. cleaning out that closet right there because, um, I, I don't know what I was doing. I was like getting something out of it. My husband walks over and he goes, this is a good size closet. You should make it your prayer closet. And I was like, yes, absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's happening. It's look at that. I think that is affirmation in God's, uh, in God's inklings towards me in my life.
now. Lord help us. Yes. Right. Like, is it like you can see all my stuff is completely removed from that closet right now, which that's is, amazing. Like, is what I would, I did it yesterday. So uh, I need to vacuum it still, but we're going to get there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of amazing. And it's funny because it takes me back to my time in college. There was one season where, um, I had ended up in a dorm room by myself, which like is very unheard of for college. Like no one is really in like a dorm room by themselves. Like that doesn't happen, but like just how the circumstances shook out. I was in this room by myself for a good chunk and then ended up coming like the last half of the semester. Um, I had a friend who is, this sounds you know, way sketchier than it actually was, but she was pregnant. And so she like came and like lived in the dorm room as well, but she was also attending college and she was also married. It's a whole thing. But for this time I had like my own room and I could like make this space, whatever I wanted. And so I took, um, the like bunk and it was on its rafters and I put it on its tallest rafter and then underneath it was nothing because no one needed that bed and so I put like um a curtain up and I put like lights and like a map and all this other stuff and like I had my prayer list up there and it was like my own space and I was like one day I'm gonna have this in my home and guess what that's what that's exactly what is happening amazing today is the day it what is a coincidence. that's awesome yeah yeah crazy I mean like more things like that have happened on this podcast. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if this pod, like, I hope this podcast reaches people, but what I'm finding is God is just like using it to preach to me and my soul in all of this. Um, so I don't know if you caught it. Um, and this is actually the first time I think I'm bringing it up on the podcast, but, um, I had recorded a podcast, um, with, uh, Dr. Tony, he's a chiropractor. Um, this was like back in, March or April. And, um, we were talking and, uh, the scripture had come to me that morning. And then it came to me again during the conversation was even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And that just like kept coming up. And I was like, mm, God, like, what are you doing? Like, cause whenever things like that happen, I'm like, it's definitely like a foreshadowing of God, like happening. And I'm like, mm going on here now a couple weeks later my husband gets a cancer diagnosis oh my god and then um like he's fine now all good and dandy but it was like that was the last episode I had recorded before I took like a two-month stint off while he was going through surgery and everything but now I'm like seeing that everywhere with this podcast so I'm just like you know it's just God talking to me through all, all this so there's my there's my prayer closet to say the least <laughs> oh my gosh wow so, that is good yeah he's yeah. with us yeah crazy um so i i kind of just like you know let's let's throw out the entire structure for this because i think that the conversation about gardening and food and um its connection to god is it's too good to pass up with this conversation and now that i have you here i'm not gonna let you go so in what ways uh, like what are the principles maybe that have you've learned about God first in the garden and first on the farm, you know, not necessarily like we read it in scripture. So it applies to the farm, but like mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. that you have interacted with on the farm that you're like, Oh, this is like definitely a Jesus God thing going on. That's good. You know, 
So when you're talking about the butternut squash and the, and all the seeds that come from that. And I was yeah. just thinking about how the, the abundance, like this is like the kingdom mm. economy, you know, is this abundance mentality that, you know, God is going to bless us. Yeah. You know, to me, uh, you know, it seems like most of the time a disciple came to Jesus and asked him a question. He responded saying, Oh, you of little faith, mm. you know, like Lord help us have the faith that, you know, we have a perfect father who wants to provide for us. You know, yeah. he provides for the birds, he provides for the flowers. He loves us much more than these. So what a, wow, we can find rest in that. We can find comfort yeah. in that. We can find strength in that. And that can help us to, to find, you know, rest, which we need for restoration and, mm. you know, rejuvenation. So amen, Lord, help us uh, trust in you with all things and, and not to find ourselves so worried. Yeah, that you see this abundance in the garden um, in so many ways of things that we can, uh, from the seeds to, you know, I love when you go to harvest a plant and you cut it back and it needs pruning anyway. So now, mm. A lot of times, you know, we don't harvest as much as we, we have. And then, and then we're like, well, we need to prune this plant. So we'll prune it back. And then, wow, now look at all these seeds, all these leaves. And then, you know, I, I like this, uh, this one tropical kind of, they call it like a spinach. It's called patuk, but it actually mm -hmm. tastes super sweet. It's like a sweet pea. Okay. And so this one, I, I love this. It's a perennial, right? You can have a huge garden beds of it. You have like a little forest of it. And but when you go and you cut it, uh, and prune it back and now you have all these leaves to have and I'm like wow I just have not been eating enough of this and put it in the, in the fridge or freeze it and then those those cuttings I I needed to prune for the plant anyways but now I can take those and I like to just take them cut all the leaves off put them in a, a wet bag in the shade somewhere keep them wet for a couple weeks and and now they can be rooting and that can be mm. you know dozens more little plants that I have to share or yeah. spread around the garden so yeah. just this idea that wow just as we harvest these things like more and more abundance is created and yeah what a beautiful way that we can make little oases of of abundance mm. of resilience yeah. Um, legacies of love and then from them we can spread that around our communities and yeah, yeah you talk about putting your light on a lampstand you know what a great way to be a be a model of of sustainability of of love you know and yeah and yeah I think we can make these durable systems you know our monoculture yeah. that's so much focused on just annuals you know we can have uh, orchards and and, you know, animals integrated in a way that are, uh, you know, kind of as hands off as possible. Right. You know, I, we were talking about chickens. I love chickens. I recommend everybody consider getting chickens because you can keep them in the tropics. You can keep them in Alaska. Yeah. They actually do better in the cold and yeah, they take, take your kitchen scraps and mm -hmm. that can be like the primary thing they're eating. And then yeah. you're turning that into, you know, eggs and manure and, you know, you don't need a rooster to have uh, yeah. to get eggs, right? Yeah. You can just have some hens that aren't noisy. And yeah, I recommend people to consider like the deep litter method. So just taking all of the, uh, it's recommended to take like 12 inches of wood chips and mm -hmm. have that be the base layer that the chickens are in. And, and that all that carbon is going to soak up all that nitrogen so that, so there won't be any smell. It's like a carbon filter, right? Yeah. And you think about how this kind of relates to the design of God. You know, you go to a forest and you see all this litter on the ground and 
this is like, you know, the forest might not get any rain for six months, but it's okay because that, that mulch is, is keeping the hydration. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it does get a big rain event, you know, it can soak it up. Right. Um, and the it's camel keeping... of the agriculture world. Exactly. It's keeping the soil <laughs> cool. Right. And yeah. Or if it gets like super cold, it's actually keeping the soil warm. And mm-hmm. so it's, and then as it breaks down, it itself is like a compost tea that's adding fertility to the soil. And so when we, uh, when you, we use mulch or it can be other kind of, uh, you know, organic material in a chicken coop yeah. like this, we only need to go and clean out that chicken coop like once a year and, yeah. and it will uh, remain kind of nice and that's tidy. So cool. yeah, yeah, it is. So I love the concept too of pruning. I think that's one thing that I've really, that's, it's hard for me to do because it doesn't make sense on a human level is like, I'm cutting back for more. Like Mm. I'm, I'm taking away so that, so there may be more there. And I think, um, I heard this, you know, this whole talk around pruning and even the, um, scripture about pruning the fruit and everything is like how God prunes us in our life, right? Like God says, you know, like our scripture says, um, you put us like refine us, you know, put us through the fire. And, um, there's, you know, the scripture of like, let's God, like prune who we are. And the way, the way I heard it put was like pruning, like probably doesn't feel good. You are like cutting a piece of the plant off like that like you are like removing an arm, right? Like that doesn't feel good, but into the plant, it probably quote unquote, like hurts, but it is necessary in order for that plant to produce fruit. And so when God comes into our lives and kind of prunes everything out, like it might hurt, it might suck, but at the end of the day, it is so that we can be more productive of fruit in our life. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. There's yeah. a scripture. It says, yeah, my father is the vine dresser. I am the vine and yeah. you know, you are the branches and right. So we receive our, our life from being rooted in the Lord abiding in him. And then it says that, you know, he, he prunes those he loves. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're his children and he's a perfect father and right. So sometimes, you know, there's things in our lives or, or there's maturity I love this idea of, of James. I love the way James starts out. It says, it addresses, uh, you know, the, the audience. And then it says, rejoice when you encounter all sorts of various trials. For you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, it's, it's working your maturity into Christ-likeness. Yeah. And, you know, this is, uh, wow, it's so beautiful. I love the idea that, you know, we have a perfect father and all the challenges in our life, you know, maybe they're perfect for us too. They're mm-hmm. just what we need to, to grow and to, uh, yeah, just mature yeah. to, uh, to find that patience, find that reliance, uh, in the father, find that love, um, find that holiness, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you talk about pruning and it really makes me think of, yeah, being, being devoted to, to the Lord, you know, yeah, like I said, we're like in the age of distractions and mm-hmm. yeah, there's just so much to take our, our time and to, we can find, we can just, <laughs> you know, just so many, what do you, what do you, yeah. you watch, go watch a video about anything on the phone in your pocket. It's like yeah. unbelievable. You find, and so, 
yeah, to get back to uh, devotion to, to, yeah. to Father, what, what does he have for us? You know, what are the, what are the good works that we can walk in? Uh, you know, and often I find for myself just that, well, wow, if, if the Lord would found himself in my shoes right now, he would say, I haven't been waiting on the Father enough. I haven't been, you know, listening. Mm-hmm. I, I'm too distracted. I need to focus in. So, you know, I think often this is where we find ourselves. And to, uh, to go make that time, it's, uh, yeah, I was just, <laughs> I like to play chess on my phone in my downtime. And then I'm, yeah. I'm, I was just kind of like convicted the other day. It's like, well, you, you have all these other things that you could be doing. You yeah. have like a list that's like endless of cool things that you're excited to do. <laughs> you could be like catching up with those. And, right. uh, you know, yeah. how often am I putting like good, good moments or like, you know, yeah, where I could be taking care of awesome things and yeah, uh, yeah just getting, getting into something else. So yeah, yeah. Like, Lord, help us be holy. It says mm. be holy, even as your father in heaven is holy. It's like, yeah. wow we're supposed to be uh, devoted and yeah, God can do amazing yeah. things through us. But if we're not, if we're not present for him, if we're not vessels that he can use, you know, yeah, we need pruning them. So. Yeah. One thing that um, I heard, I was recently at a conference and um, it was for, for people who are becoming writers and everything. And we were talking about like the battle, internal battle of social media and um the speaker who is giving this talk, she goes, social media doesn't take up a lot of your time. Scrolling on social media takes up a lot of your time. And it, and it's this mind shift of like, no, like actually, you know, posting on social media, that's not, that's not your, your weakness here. Your weakness is actually like the distraction that comes from it of just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. So uh, that really resonated with me. I was like, yep, that, that too. And so whenever I do that, also, if anyone has an iPhone, you know, you can set time limits on apps, just throwing it out there. You can set time limits on apps and it sh- kicks you out once you hit your time limit. So there's your, you know, fun fact of the day. You can. That's such a great point limits. about social media, right? Is that, yeah, yeah, doing, doing the fruitful things from it. Yeah. They yeah. don't take a ton of time, but right. No. Scrolling Con- and, and, yeah. and there you're just consuming, you're consuming that content and it's like, yeah. oh, you know, uh, if we're, if we're filled with the spirit, you know, we have things to share. We don't, yeah. we don't need to, you know, uh, yeah. just be consuming content like that. Yeah, we and... can be consuming Jesus. Amen. Okay. That's right. I right. want you to talk about Come this idea because I heard this and I like had to sit on it for a while. Um, because also there's like so many spiritual parallels to this, but I was listening to, I don't know, it might've been like a video on like agriculture and gardening and everything like that. And And it was saying, it was talking about like watering the plants, like how a lot of the times most people overwater their plants because they want to have some sense of control in the growing process. Mm, And like the rest of it is really out of their hands because like, right, the, the sunlight, it's in the sunlight has the soil it's already root like the growing process is really out of your hands all you have to do is kind of i mean to put it very simply i know it's not just this easy but you just have to water it and mm. so a lot of people will end up over watering their plants because they want to do something in the process they can't be patient and idly stand by okay what do you have to say about that because i thought that concept was so interesting 
Yeah, that's like a great metaphor for for things in our lives, isn't it? Right. Where uh, yeah, it's like goes back reminds me of like you know in in repentance and in rest is our salvation, but we want to speed up on horses if we just wait on the Lord, you know, to reveal what we have to do. You know, like you were talking about posting on social media, like how much more powerful will our words be if we wait on on the father to give us direction about what to yeah. post rather yeah. than trying to craft it in our own like you know cleverness yeah um so yeah it's uh it's a great point yeah and and when water in the plants it's like yeah some plants some plants will like you can you could drown them they could live in a river but yeah, yeah it's uh it's easy to look into those things you, we got these screens to say hey is this drought tolerant is this wet tolerant yeah. and then yeah. i think um most of the time people overwater it's when they're in pots and so mm. if i could just add yeah yes just lift up the pot if it's heavy that's because of the water um yep. so it doesn't need water or you could put your your fingers in the soil and feel a couple inches deep yeah i saw too yeah. like um if the soil starts to pull away from the walls mm. of the pot then it needs water and so that's kind of like my rule of thumb is like is the soil kind of constricting a little bit that's cool i hadn't heard that one. Oh, uh, really no that's great i, like I that. feel so special that i just told you that now, now you don't have to pick it up or put or put your hands in the yeah, soil you just, you just look at because like if you see really dry soil right it's like really compact and kind of around the center um, yeah. versus like wet soil is like nice and relaxed so there's that and also i have um a hydro tower for my garden so i don't really need to worry about over <laughs> All right. That's but right cool. now, right now I'm worried about it not having water because it is so hot here that it like it evaporates and within a day. I think it's like I think it's a 25 gallon tub. Like it's like a big tub of water and it evaporates every day. And so every morning I have to go up there and fill it. Wow. 25 yeah. gallons. Yeah, yeah, that's uh I love oh it's that. more than that now that I think of that. Yeah, it's way more than that. Anyways, but it's making it happen. I love it. Yeah, Arizona, huh? You, you gotta have it. Yeah, there's this there's this great gal, um uh growing in the garden, I think is her little handle, but she's um an Arizona gardener. And it's so great because I'm pretty sure everyone who gardens in Arizona follows her because like her garden is always just so lush and so beautiful. And she teaches people how to garden in, um, in the low desert, which is crazy. Yeah, that is kind of, I've, I've visited and I kind of started to wrap my mind around the challenge of it. It is, yeah. uh, yeah, I read once that Eden, Eden, uh, translates to the well-watered place. So Oh, that's yeah, beautiful. that definitely makes things a little easier there. I love that. The monsoon. You're oh. calling it the non-soon, huh? The non-soon, yeah. We've had only like one storm so far this season, and that was like three days ago. Um, but yeah, I'm just like waiting for the end of the season because then I'm like, okay, but here's here's like a glimpse into my life that is like way more detailed than anyone ever needs to know. So we moved into this house about a year and a half ago and, um, and we knew we wanted to put in a pool because I'm a fish. I love to swim. So also side note, we're doing a natural biological pool, which is fascinating when it comes to plants. Just saying. That's so awesome. like, like a pond pool is what we're going to be putting cool. in our backyard. I'm so excited. So 
we're doing that, but also pools are insanely expensive. And so obviously like we're going to save up for a while. It's going to take us, you know, a couple of years to get that going. And so I'm like, yeah, but I like, don't want my backyard to be like a pile of dirt, but I also don't want it to be like wasted investment because I, they're going to have to dig it all up once we put in the pool. So for this whole time, I've been like starting to really like build up my garden and everything like that. And so the one, like when we get the tractors and the pool dug, my entire side yard is going to be just like wall to wall garden and it's going to be magnificent. And I cannot wait for that day to get my garden like fully what it's going to be. Amazing. Because in a hydro tower, you can grow anything except bushes and root, like things that grow underground. Everything okay. else you can grow in a hydro tower, which is fascinating. So my butternut it's all, gonna, it's, it's, all, it's all coming to fruition. Yeah. It's so cool too. Like, I mean, my, I kind of let my tower and my plants seed in the tower and like kind of die out. Cause I'm like, there's no point in like trying to rescue them right now it is just too hot to function. But I'm also like watching my seedlings. Cause I'm like, they need food and they need like the nutrition that comes through the hydro tower. But it's also insanely windy and sunny. And I think it's too soon to bring out the seedlings. So all in God's timing, right? That's another lesson we can take away from this is just watching God's timing and all of that, because he will know when it's the perfect time to go. Absolutely. That's good. I like that. Yeah. It's, um, it's all in, all in different seasons. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. You know, I was that also, makes me think, oh, oh, no, I was just going to say my, um, my sister and brother-in-law, they um, just bought some property in North Carolina um, and they're going to start like their own kind of, you know, farm and, you know, they're going to have animals and grow things and all of that jazz. So when the, whenever they come out and visit me, they always like go and take like little, little starters from all my plants because I grow things that they don't grow. So like when they were out here, they got like a couple pieces of cactus that they're going to try to grow in North Carolina um, and whatnot. But my, my brother-in-law, he is trying to do, he's going to do a hydroponic garden, but he's going to do it um, with fish nutrient. So they're going to have a pond with fish and you actually take that water from the fish pond, which has, you know, in essence is just fertilized water because it has fish poop and everything in it and fish waste. And then they use that to be the nutrients for the hydroponic garden, which I think is the coolest thing. Again, God provides in all sorts of different ways. Absolutely. That's amazing. Okay, what were that. you gonna say? Because I'm I'm enjoying this way too much. <laughs> you know, uh, I just wanted to go. So we talked about the beautiful uh, things about gardening and how it's in scriptures, but you know, we're talking about seasons, and mm. I wanted to talk about why yes. you know maybe we're in a season of the kind of era we're in. Why this is maybe more important all the time. Yes. And so when you look to uh, you look to the garden on that first page, it says tend and keep the garden. And then there's this warning, like don't eat from that tree of knowledge and good and evil. So from the beginning, there's this dynamic to watch what we eat. And in the States today, I know a lot of us are there, you know, uh, and our food system is like kind of under attack. Uh, it could be a lot better. There's a hundred chemicals that are banned in Europe that are used to grow our food. 
and we see you know that we have an epidemic of diseases compared to them and you know they are living now in western europe about six years longer than us Mm. where about four years ago they were living about one year longer than us so we've lost about five years and that's not just five years that we lose on the end that's like five years you know that's vitality in the meantime you know being able to be all we can be so we're under attack and you know this this glyphosate is uh i think maybe the number one kind of thing that we can try to cut out of our food so this is an herbicide that's used to the tune of uh three pounds per person in the states and there's a is that per year yeah and there's some there's some peer-reviewed research that shows that it's like 99% 99% correlated with a lot of, you know, serious conditions going up yeah. twofold, threefold, fivefold. And we're talking about, you know, serious things, autism, Alzheimer's, dementia, cancers, autoimmune diseases, obesity, diabetes. Yeah. So this glyphosate is a known antibiotic and it, mm. and it kills the life in the soil. And when we eat it, it's like, you know, there's a lot of really important uh, microbes in our digestion Right. To the tune of like about 15 pounds. They say there's yeah. actually more microbes in our uh, digestion, like 10 to 100 times as much as we have cells in our body because they're, they're very small. Wow. Yeah. So these antibiotics, uh, they can disrupt kill and, and yeah. kill most of those uh, microbes. And they are very critical for our digestion and yeah. for our immunity to diseases, mm-hmm. helping us process uh, vitamins and nutrients. Mm-hmm. And another thing, so the glyphosate, you know, wrecks that. And then it also really affects our stomach lining. So it can create uh, a leaky gut. And so now yeah. it would, there's like food in our digestion that's not ready, but it gets into our bloodstream. So this would be yeah. like, you know, let's say we had a really good meal, but we put it in the blender and then just like put it direct into our blood. Like that's not the way that we're designed. <laughs> right. So this is what's going on when we, when we get that glyphosate. So, um, yeah, a lot of people, we feel like we're gluten intolerant, really we're glyphosate intolerant, because now what they're doing is they're using yeah. this as a desiccant on the crops. So before, maybe you could say, well, it's not so bad, because they would use it just as an herbicide to start. And okay. then maybe as the plants got going, but then, you know, it, maybe it would be, you know, weeks and weeks before harvest that they would use it again. Now, they're spraying it on oaks, they're spraying it on wheat as a desiccant to dry out these crops Mm. Um, and this helps them, you know, harvest faster, right? It helps them harvest faster. It helps them harvest more uniformly. It helps, uh, Uh, maximize their yield. It it really helps, but this stuff is a known toxin. It is, um, it's very hard to like win a legal case against a a toxin like this, but they've won, they've won time and time again against the maker of this glyphosate. And now there's like this huge, like class action lawsuit where, the maker is happy to pay $12 billion with a B to all the farmers getting cancers. And it's just farmers. And that's actually just one type of cancer. And and that's- And just one instance. It shows you, yeah. And and, and so this stuff's in all of our food. There's studies that show that just a tiny bit can be like, you know, really toxic, especially for kids. You know, their, their kidneys are underdeveloped compared to adults. So they're, yeah. they can be more prone to the, the problems of this. So yeah, I just think this, this is, um, this is a real issue and yeah. something to consider. And yeah. you know, I just go back to this idea, like what's more important than 
and the health of us and our loved ones. Yeah. You know, by the Lord's stripes, we're healed. He cares about our health. You know, we yeah. should too. And this is going to help us, uh, you know, be all we can be. So many people now, they have fibromyalgia, they have brain fog. Yeah. They can't do all they, they would be able to do because, you know, they're sick and tired. And so this is a great way. You know, it feels good to feel good. Yeah. So the more we can lean into this, um, you know, there's when, when we go shopping at a grocery store, you know, there's something called the clean 15, right? We can choose uh, fruits and veggies that don't need yeah. to be organic, but because they have a peel that we take off, you know, it's, it's safer and they don't need to be organic yeah. as, as much. And that leads know, me to my next question right. about peels, but I'm going to pause there to just to add a little anecdote of a lot of the times when you hear people who have either celiac or are gluten intolerant, like severely, a lot of the times when they go to Europe and places, especially like Italy, that's like really, you know, known for their carbohydrates, right. With, with, with all their wheat, usually those people are more able to digest and consume products with, um, with, uh, I was going to say glucose. That's not the word <laughs> with gluten. With gluten. No, I'm the same way. Yeah. I've yeah. been to Europe and I can eat the bread. I feel great. I yeah. I'm in the States and I eat the bread. I need a nap and I, yeah. maybe it takes me a day to recover. Now the good news is this glyphosate, you know, it does have these bad effects on our body, but, uh, the half life of it is pretty short. It's about a day. So if you, you know, really try to be mindful and cut these things out of your diet, you know, you're going to feel an effect and you're going to be, oh, you know, detoxing pretty fast. Yeah. So that's good to yeah. know. But um, yeah. can we talk about appeal? I don't know a lot about appeal. You okay, know it's scary about that stuff, though. I guess I'll have I've to read, come no, back. I've read that, that it's about ninety-five percent like unknown ingredients. So like, mm. uh, you guys, and they're putting it on organic produce. It's just yeah. madness. So yeah, for like, those who are listening who don't know what we're talking about, there's a product that's you know tied to Bill Gates, of course, that's called appeal a p e uh, e e l i think um or it's a p e a l anyways um and it's this coating that they're putting on produce to extend the shelf life of this produce so that it can you know keep going with profits but the issue is is what Johnny was saying. One, people don't really know what is in it. And two, um, we don't know kind of the lasting effects of, of putting that stuff in our body. You know, it's crazy to think about uh, what big pharma has done. So you go back to, I like the prescriptions from James chapter five. If anyone is sick, you know, call the elders together and put some oil on them and the prayer of faith will heal them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's pointing to something special about oil and, you know, as well as prayer that, the oil, we can absorb that oil. Uh, our skin cells, each one of them, the cell membrane is a double oil layer. It's a bilipid layer. We can, uh, you know, you put a lot of uh, olive oil on or some good mm -hmm. oil. 20 minutes later, it, you're just going to have a little healthy glow. It's not going to be, yeah. you know, quite the sheen. So again, uh, you know, it's castor like oil fast, too. Castor oil fast, is right? able to penetrate deepest into um, any cell layer. So um, like, yes, olive oil, great. Coconut oil, great. Like all these different natural oils that come from, you know, the earth and the things that we do, but castor oil specifically, um, there's tons of research around castor oil and its ability to really like penetrate and saturate the area that you apply it to. Okay. You no, think about fine. the Lord uh, teaching from the Mount of Olives, you know, the mm -hmm. olive the, is like the fruit that 
it's 30% oil. So it's very easy to extract the oil from that olive. And, you know, Messiah, Christ, it literally means anointed one. Mm. And, you know, this is like a symbol throughout scriptures, you know, when, yeah. uh, when David became king, you know, the prophet puts oil on his head. So it, mm -hmm. it's a special thing. It also says, you know, when you fast, put some oil on. So there's a lot of uh, good reasons to, uh, you know, or good encouragements from scripture to do yeah. this. But you think about big pharma and what they're doing, you know, uh, their profit motive, their, their system's working by uh, making a brand new drug, getting a patent on it. And then for, you know, 30 years or so, they have that time to make a lot of money. So these, by definition, these drugs they're making money on don't have long-term studies. Yeah. And, you know, cause you want a study that shows like, well, you can eat it and your kids are going to be good. They have nothing like that. They're saying, oh, yeah. well, maybe, you know, six months out, you know, you could be good. And here's a crazy thing. The FDA, they are a captured organization, uh, mostly funded by the big pharma that they're approving the drugs for. More than one out of three of the drugs they approve are later pulled off the market for safety concerns. Wow. So, it, you know, and probably the number should be greater, right? So it's right. close to half, close to half. So Lord help us. Um, yeah. You know, we can get back to what's natural. We can grow our own food. We can grow our own medicine. We can yeah. grow our own fuel. We can grow our own mm -hmm. building materials. We can be self-reliant. We can be autonomous and sovereign mm -hmm. in a way. And um, what a beautiful, you know, this is like independence from the toxic consumerism, Yeah. you know, and, and the Lord, he really, in Luke, he really spoke against like the money, the filthy mammon, the unrighteous wealth, the deceitfulness of riches. You know, this profit motive is... Um, it's unbelievable what it's doing. Yeah. And so we can, we can kind of withdraw from that. We can be holy and separate from that. We can be autonomous. We can, mm -hmm. uh, and, and in the future where, where more and more people see the challenges to come, like we're preparing for the challenges of, you know, whether it's famine or scarcity yeah. or flooding, you know, it's really ticks all the boxes. You know, if we have a big flood event, but you know, we have, you know, local agriculture done well, you know, we prepare to prevent that kind of erosion. Yeah. And we see as Christians in the book of Revelation, it says that there'll be a time where they're going to force everyone, rich or poor, to right. take the mark of the beast, to go to the market to buy things. Yeah. So this is a, and, and the mark of the beast is disqualifying for, you know, being part of the kingdom. And so this is an encouragement to believers to be self-reliant, to be yeah. autonomous, to lean into, uh, yeah, we can we can just self-reliant with God too. It's in our blood, yeah. God reliant. Yeah. I like that. God word. reliant. So, like yeah. you know, it's not always about self, but when we have God and Holy Spirit living within us, right? Like then, when we become self-reliant, we are ultimately relying on them as well. Um, yeah, I I love this conversation because I'm I hear your passion, and um, I if anyone knows anything, like I literally that brown bottle right there is my anointing oil. Is that right? Oh, I love that. Yeah, a lot of people, so, I carry around oil because you can use it as a sunscreen, right? So yeah. it's a mild sunscreen. It's an SPF of four, which right. doesn't sound like a lot compared to 30, but it means it's sun protection factor. So it means it, I have four times, uh, I burn, I'll burn four times slower right. uh, or it'll take four times longer to burn. So it's actually blocking 75% of the rays. And but it's, it's doing that with something that's completely natural and good for me, like a great moisturizer, rather than you look, you check the back of a sunscreen bottle, 
they'll have known carcinogens in them sometimes, you know, 12 chemicals you can't pronounce, you know, uh, we can get back to what's in our blood, what's natural. Yeah. And wow, the beauty of it. Yeah. The divine design. Yeah. I think the one thing like that was really impactful. I was in a small group and I don't even know what we were talking about or how it kind of got brought up, but someone said, um, I love being in nature with God because it is the only place that is untainted by man. I love that. And I feel like that's kind of like the ultimate, like great, great way to wrap this up. This conversation up is just like when we go out into nature, you know, whether it's the forest or the mountains or, you know, the beach or the coast or what, whatever it is, whenever we go out into nature, it is a place that, is how God created it. It is untainted. It's not buildings and a parking structure, right? Like it is how God designed it to be. And so like in that space, not that God can't exist in those places, but in those spaces, we're able to kind of go to God and connect with him without all that distraction that we were just talking about earlier. I would add that, yeah, though, though our challenges may be great, uh, this is something that's so important and it's an opportunity to do something so meaningful. Uh, that's really special. Uh, I really believe this is the best way a lot of us can love ourselves and our communities and yeah, it's just beautiful. So why not? Um, it feels good to feel good and you know, yeah. Permaculture. (laughs) I, (laughs) I could go on and on. I just encourage people, if you want to think about doing more of this, uh, maybe you look into permaculture, right? We can grow perennial food forests. Uh, Chickens are great. Yeah. Sweet potatoes, potatoes. uh, Butternut squash. (laughs) Connect connect with the local gardening people. Yes, squash, so good. And yeah, there's a beautiful ways to do this where we can can try to like restore Eden and get back to what's natural. The Lord's there. He's everywhere. Yeah. Johnny the farmer, which is going to be your name for all eternity in my head. Thank you so much for joining us. I always like to wrap up our conversation with one final question is what is something someone can do this week? Um, that is a faith building practice or discipline in their life to help them grow their faith. Yeah. You know, we discussed waiting on the Lord and, uh, we discussed kind of thinking of him and our challenges and what he would do. And, uh, yeah, maybe so. Maybe sow some seeds, though. Save some seeds and share them. How about that? That's some, that's a good yes. one. Yes. You know the Proverbs like thirty-one woman. She's so great. This wife, a noble character, a, a pillar of the community. One of the things she did is she considered a field and she bought it and she planted a vineyard. So some cool things we can do. So go plant something. Go down to your local hardware store or wherever that has plants that you can go. Your local farmer. And go plant something this week and see the lessons that God has taught you through it. We can be like co-creators with Christ, uh, yes. redeeming all the creation. All of creation is groaning, waiting for the, re- for the revealing of the sons of men. And uh, all, of, all, all of creation is to take part in the salvation, not, not just uh, the souls of men. Uh, yeah. So yeah, what a beautiful honor and a privilege that we get to be Love a part it. of. I love it. Thank you so much, Johnny. And where can people find more information about you? Where do you exist online? Or um, if they want to hear more from you, where can they go for that? 
Yeah, uh, lately I've been doing a lot on Twitter. We've been, uh, there's something kind of similar to a podcast called a, a space where different people can come in and chime in. You can come in and ask questions. And we've awesome. been talking about gardening for a good bit. Uh, Saturday mornings, uh, eight Eastern. We've been going for like six hours recently. Wow, Just, that's awesome. Yeah, people get, people get talking about it. There's so much to talk about. A lot of people come and share and uh, it's great. And yeah, so the link in the comments, Plant Paradise 7 is my Twitter yeah. handle. Love and it. Also, yeah, I also do kind of spaces that are more kind of Christian focused and uh, yeah, talking about the, the Lord and fellowship. And yeah, I have a podcast there. I think you'll set the link there in the bio you can find yep. it on Spotify. So yep, will do. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. I like this conversation could have gone for six hours, but um, I'm practicing self-control and cutting us off. So thank you so much for joining us and thank you for listening and we'll catch you guys next week. All right. All right. Nice to talk to you. Have a good week.